Hello and welcome to another Substance on Substance. Um, this is Phil Graham, Head of the Economic Substance Analysis at Harney's in the BVI, joined by Josh Mongeau. Hi, everyone. Um, we, we obviously did a run-through on the last podcast of the uh, public presentation that was given by uh, Lisa Penn-Letzum and the ITA, which, which was incredibly helpful. One area we parked but seemed to be a very popular topic of conversation within the room was in and around liquidations. Now, we should firstly say that um, we're not planning to deal with sort of striking off as part of that. We understand from the presentation that there will be further guidance around around struck-off companies, and so we'll address that as and when uh, that guidance is, is provided to the industry. But in the meantime, we wanted to talk about liquidations and really get sort of Josh's thoughts both on entities that are going into liquidation or are already in liquidation, you know, as we speak, entities that are considering that as a, as a step they may make at this point in time and what the directors of those entities should be considering. And then finally, really, to get a viewpoint from as a liquidator of those entities, what should you be considering? Uh, what are your responsibilities? And, and how should you be looking at clients that are coming to you from this point forward with, with the economic substance legislation in mind? So with that all said, um, over to Josh, really. I mean, have you, have, you, have you heard a lot of people talking to you around sort of liquidating entities? As I think some, some commentators thought there might be a huge rush of people wanting to, to, to do that. But, but I personally haven't seen it. I don't know about you. Yeah, thanks, Phil. We actually haven't seen that many queries around this. The most questions I've had have been from liquidators, both in-house and, ex- and externally, and also you know, the discussion that you alluded to at the ITA presentation where this was asked as a question. I think people are getting the message that not every BVI company is affected by this, and in many cases we're seeing reorganisational changes rather than people you know, winding up their entities or, or exiting the jurisdiction, which is, which is great. I think the first point to be aware of is the ITA's guidance that it will expect entities to comply with any applicable economic substance requirements during the period in which they are in liquidation. And what this means in practical terms is that the liquidator may come in to wind up the company, whether on a solvent or an insolvent basis, partway through a financial period, which is your your generally 12-month period during which compliance with the, the economic substance requirements is measured. And they'll need to take stock of what the company's doing, its activities, and the anticipated uh, period during which the liquidation will take place to figure out what compliance obligations the company is going to have. I mean, in practical terms, they first need to think about whether or not the company is actually carrying on any more business or receiving any income from anything that could be one of the nine relevant activities. If the answer to that is no, the business has ceased and there's no more income coming in, the company just needs winding up and assets distributing out, then there probably is no more relevant activity, so you can stop there. If the business is ongoing, whether that's in wind down or being carried on by the liquidator, and remembering that that can be for quite a long period because you can see extensions from the court, then they'll need to put together a compliance plan to figure out what they need to be doing. In many cases, even if there is a relevant activity, if the business is in wind down, it may have actually let go most of its employees, it may not have much uh, substance in the real world, so it may very well be possible to make some changes to put in place substance in the BVI to comply with the rules. Equally in practical terms, if the first reporting deadline is going to fall due after the entity has been dissolved, so after the liquidator make the final filing, then the ITA has made clear that there will not be an entity to file a report. So although they can look back at the entity under their investigation powers, which are very broad, 
the liquidator won't necessarily actually have to make a filing because the entity will have been dissolved when that point in time arises. The one point of uh, caution I would note is that even where a company has been dissolved, it is conceivably possible for the court to, to order it that it be restored and its powers to make orders in such circumstances are very broad. It can effectively order whatever it likes to put the company and related persons back in a position they would have been had the dissolution never occurred. So that's just something that liquidators need to be aware of. In practice, what I'm anticipating is that liquidators will be looking at their standard documents and, and onboarding agreements with, with clients and, and making appropriate changes. And if, if anybody has any questions around this, we're very happy to field them. Yeah, I think I think that's that's right. And, and flipping sort of flipping what you've just said on its head, really, I think there are a few sort of people we have spoken to that are sort of running along the lines of, well, if I liquidate by a certain point in time, I don't have to worry about economic substance, notwithstanding the fact that my first reporting year has um, has started. I don't have to worry about this. And I think what you're saying is that's not true. And sort of what should entities be doing at the moment that even if they're conceiving the fact that they might be liquidating at some point this year or early next year, should they still be thinking around economic substance? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, as I said, the guidance is clear that the ITA will expect that they will be complying. So there's no one size fits all answer there. You need to look at the entity in question. I would classify it in the first instance just to figure out, you know, are you out of scope entirely? Is it tax non-resident? on the broad definition of the rules. Is it a holding business, um, which is probably quite simple to deal with, or is it something more complicated? And if it's in the more complicated bucket particularly, we would recommend that liquidators think about this. Another practical suggestion is just, as a liquidator, you need to get enough information from the outgoing directors who are effectively handing over the keys of the company to the liquidator to make sure that you're in a position to comply and to, and to oversee the compliance during the life of the liquidation. And then also you can apply to change your financial period. So you can effectively have a stub period leading up to the point that the liquidator comes in. And that may mean that you can then make a report for that period and you can have a kind of a you know, clean line in the sand during which the liquidator says, OK, well, this is the bit I need to worry about. I think that's a great point. And I think we're beginning to see a lot of companies now, now they're settling down into this legislation, thinking about changing their periods thinking about uh, sort of aligning their, their reporting period with their financial years or whatever else it might be. And I think this is this is also part of it. And, I, and I'd fully expect liquidators to be, to be thinking about exactly what uh, Josh has just described. Thanks very much. And uh, we'll uh, look forward to speaking to you next week. Yeah, my pleasure. Thanks.